Welcome to the Can't Stop the Growth podcast, the home service podcast dedicated to personal and leadership development. I'm your host, Chad Peterman, and this week I am joined by a new guest. If you're ready to grow as a leader, you've come to the right place. Let's jump in. Hello and welcome to another episode of Can't Stop the Growth. Uh, today, I am very excited uh, to have our guest on the podcast. Uh, our, uh, our neighbor to the north runs a tremendous company up there, fellow Nexstar member. Uh, actually met them at a Nexstar event. I guess it was a few years ago now, yeah. um, kind of right during the middle of, uh, of COVID. Okay. But uh, with, uh, without any further ado, we'd like to welcome Dana Hoddle from CNC Heating and Air Conditioning. Welcome to the podcast, Dana. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Excited to talk to you. I know that you guys uh, have a lot of going on. Uh, we talked back in September, I believe, at the super meeting about some of the things you guys had going on there and uh, excited for you to share some of what you got going on and, and kind of things you learned. There's a lot to dig into as far <laughs> as it relates to leadership and kind of uh, a lot of similar thoughts that we have why don't we start off? Why don't you give uh, kind of your story, how you got into the trades? Um, I know it's a, uh, it's a family business, uh, much like ours here. So uh, tell us a little bit about, the, about your story. Sure. So um, I am third generation. So my grandpa and great uncle started our business in 1948. Um, they were actually immigrants from Belgium, um, were farmers in our little area that I grew up in, Fraser. So they decided they didn't want to be farmers. They started heating and cooling from there. So my dad was the first college graduate of the family. And so he went to a small liberal arts college, um, Adrian College in Michigan. Um, the day he graduated, my grandpa actually came to him and said, um, hey, make me this one promise. Do not come back to the family business. So, you know, my dad made him the promise. I actually went to work for a carrier Great Lakes as a TM. Um, so we did that for about three to four years. And then my grandpa, my uncle retired, my great uncle retired. My grandpa passed away of a massive heart attack at the age of 53. So my dad was 24 at the time. Um, the company at the time had three employees, my, my uncle, so my dad's brother, um, my grandma, and one service technician. So my uncle asked my dad, hey, what, can you come, up, come back, help us out? Um, so that was in 1978. Um, so my dad was just, started, just got married, just starting a family. And so came back, broke his promise to my grandpa, came back to the family business. And then they grew it to about, I think when I came into the business, we were about doing maybe four or five million. Um, so I started in college, working over the summers. I actually, I always hated when my parents talked business at dinner. I'd be like, can we not talk about CNC, you know, growing up, like, you know, high school, like I'm, you know, we don't need to talk about this right now. But I started working in college, just doing call taking, dispatching, um, and I fell in love with it. And so my senior year, my mom's like, hey, have you thought about just coming back and working for us? And they actually wanted me, me to be a comfort advisor. And uh, so I said, you know, let me think about it. And she's like, we're going to this meeting. Um, at the time we were members of SGI or Airtime. And so that was 2005. 
Um, so we went to, I think it was Anaheim and, you know, saw Leland Smith talk. Um, I saw the Bell Brothers, you know, all these big names that were growing their business. And I'm like, this is like a legit business. It's not just a family business. You know, when people always ask, what do you, what did your, your parents do? And I'm sure it's the same for you. Oh, they, they, they own a heating and cooling company. It wasn't like, I don't know. I wasn't super prideful in what we did. And I saw when I went to these meetings, the legitimacy of our, what we do and, you know, the integrity um, that these people carried about what they do on a daily basis and what the trades provide. It just, you know, sparked a fire in me and a passion to come back and, you know, um, join the family business and grow it, you know, to what it is today. That is awesome. Thank you for providing all of that, uh, all of that background. I think there's a, a ton of uh, a ton of stuff I relate to, um, and I'm sure that there's a ton of stuff that some of our listeners will relate to. Let's dive in. I want to talk to you a little bit about. You mentioned kind of uh, these big names that were growing your business, yeah. you know, and you mentioned being a part of SGI. Obviously, I mentioned at the outset that that we're yeah. both NextStar members. Yeah. What uh, what impact have kind of mentors or people that you've like sought out for help? Like, how has that aided in your in your guys's growth and maybe your kind of love for the for the business? Sure. Um, one of my big mentors is Mike Vertivogue from Vertivogue Plumbing, which is in Grand Rapids. So they're a local heating and cooling company. Um, and, you know, they, at that, at that time, they, we had a thing called a profit platoon. <clears throat> and so we would, you know, discuss financials and see just operational procedures. And um, he really, he took what airtime gave them and just ran with it. And they, they were a new construction business. I think, gosh, they joined in probably like 2000, 2008, 2009, dropped all of their new construction, went straight into the residential replacement and just ran with it and grew their, their business to, I think it was 20 million, but they, you know, he just, he's very operationally um, sound. And I think, you know, that there's something to be said and just no, no questioning what people say, they just do it. And I think, um, you know, people have a tendency to tweak things when, you know, they see, oh, we can do it this way. I like that, but I want to do this or, you know, just change things. And sometimes you just need to get the plan and go with it. And he did. And he's been, you know, he, he was he had a huge impact on my, on our, my career. That's awesome. Yeah, I think uh, one of the other things that, that you said that kind of that, you know, exposure to, you know, larger companies, and I think you used the word, you know, kind of gave legitimacy to, to what we were doing. And we weren't yeah. just kind of a mom and pop, you know, running around fixing furnaces. How has that really, you know, kind of shaped, uh, I know for me, you know, understanding what the company is truly about really has shaped kind of my identity. How has that impacted you? I mean, obviously being in a family business coming up through there um, and then, you know, having the opportunity to work with, uh, with your dad, I don't know how involved he still is in the business, but kind of speak to kind of how, how your identity has developed as you've kind of grown in the business and obviously taken on a larger role, uh, you know, as time has gone yeah. on. I, I think one of the things with me, I started out from the bottom. My parents never gave me anything. They, you know, there was no nepotism with me. I remember the first time that, um, you know, I started working full time for them um, right out of college. And I said, hey, I think my, 
husband and I want to go on a vacation, you know, we'll take a cruise during the week. And my mom goes, you don't have vacation time yet. <laughs> and I'm like, what? So like, I literally had to start, you know, I was treated just like any other employee. Um, and so I think that's really helped me grow. Um, I, I understand, you know, what it's like to be at the bottom um, and, and to do those daily tasks that, you know, I've had to outbound for calls. I've had to, you know, call on collections. I've had to, and I, I always say, you know, if there's something you don't want to do, give it to me. I'll, I'll take care of it, you know, to an extent. If there's, you know, a customer that needs to be rescheduled and you feel like I'll, I'll take care of it because I, I don't, well, as a leader, I think, you know, you need to put, you need to role model the work that you know you want to be done and to see that you're no better than anyone else in the company. But you know, I, I had to do it. So I, I totally understand, yeah. you know, what it's like to be to do those things. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's you know great advice is uh you know, I always often think of having two little kids now. Um, I know you have uh, have have some little ones running around there too. Yeah. Um, but you know, I often think about what that transition would look like. You know, based on kind of what it looked like from when kind of my dad handed my brother and I over the keys, and then you know, obviously seeing them run around uh, is, you know, what would that potentially look like if I, if I handed it to them? And I think that you bring up a great point of, you know, uh, not, not giving them an advantage. They have a, an amazing opportunity potentially here. Um, and, and that's great. But in order to realize that there, there's a lot of work that needs to be put in. And I think that work is kind of the basis for creating that solid foundation. Whereas you see, as many or more stories of where the, the family business takes a, uh, takes a hard right-hand turn into uh, not such a great place uh, yeah. because of, I think, what you just said. So I appreciate you sharing that um, with, the, uh, with the audience. Tell me a little bit about kind of your role now and you know, how that has, has kind of changed as you guys have grown. And obviously, um, you know, I, I'm gonna guess that you're probably not outbounding for call. I'm guessing you probably would if needed. <laughs> I if will it do needs that. To I'm happen, the best. <laughs> yeah, you got it. Um, but, uh, you know, how has that changed? And then kind of uh, tell me a little bit about the dynamic between maybe you and your dad as, sure. as you guys have grown. Right now, I am the general manager um, of CNC. And so my daily tasks are just making sure that, you know, calls are on the board. Operationally, everything's running. You know, I get with my actually my husband's the operation manager now. Um, get with my husband, make sure everything's you know we're booked. What's going on? We have our daily huddle, um, and then just you know from there, I, I'm just pretty much available. Um, I am still really involved in the hiring process. Um, I think that's important. It's pretty much my day to day. It's you know <laughs> just dealing with the day to day. I hear you. What role does your, does your dad have any, any role in the business? Kind of what, what's he doing now? So he's still, he's kind of phasing out himself. Um, okay. so, and they just purchased a condo in Florida. So he's doing pretty much a week on a week off back and forth. Yep. Um, but uh, so he's our sales manager, but I have a very strong sales lead coordinator that helps him out. Yep. And um. Uh, yeah, so he I, he's he said he's got a good five years left 
really he's the still the visionary okay um, he kind of he's always been that type he's a big big picture thinker um and uh i'm been the implementer so awesome. um but i kind of have to now move into that visionary role yeah absolutely and i, I think that that's a that's a great point and we've talked uh, with a number of guests about, you know, kind of that relationship. And if, if you're not familiar with it, it's a, it's a, it's terminology out of the book traction yeah. uh, or rocket fuel, uh, which, which describes that relationship, you know, understanding, uh, you know, where your, uh, where your role is. And I think that that's yeah. an important thing. And you've probably seen this as you guys have grown is, you know, you can only, there are only so many hours in the day. So yeah. while you can do everything, like you can outbound, you yeah. understand that, hey, that, that, that's the best use of your time. Yeah. Um, and, you know, right now, uh, we grew 40% last year. So we awesome. really, one of the areas that we're really focusing on is our um, organizational chart, um, yep. getting everything in line. And I think, you know, you go from like a $10 million business where you have people wearing multiple hats um, to functionally run the business. And then it gets to a point where you can't, they can't do that. Um, so we're now, now moving things around and that kind that growth in one year was, it was, it was hard on everyone. We were straining, we were pulling everyone, you know, everywhere. Um, so that's one area right now we're really focusing on is, is our org chart. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about that, mainly because I've got a little bit of insight into, into breaking uh, companies uh, by not thinking about things. What would you say <laughs> with that much growth, um, yeah. what, uh, what, what would you say was one maybe unanticipated area that really was stressed by that much growth? I would say our installation department really okay. was very, I mean, we, we had, um, we had the, the bodies. It was just the amount of work that was coming in. It, it really, it really wore them out. Um, and so we now have, um, so we call, we have lead installers or senior installers, installers, and then apprentices. So now we have four apprentices all the time. We have, um, 10 installation crews. So when we are ready to move one of those installers to a senior installer, we have an uh, apprentice that's ready to move into that role of um, installer. So we've really focused on, on growing that, that area. We've put a lot of investment into that because you know those third, third guy on that job does cost, cost us, but um, we've really been trying to focus on that department so we're not killing our guys all the time. Um, especially, you know, when you grow that much in one year. And I don't, I don't think any of us realize how much we were growing or how much we were putting on them. Um, but, you know, it happened. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, in retrospect, you know, we could have done things to help them out a little bit more, but, you know, you know it was a great year. So, you know, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a great point in, you know, just understanding within the organization where we have a responsibility, if we're going to grow, uh, how are we going to develop those that are going to help, yeah. um, especially in a, in a uh, department that is so labor intensive. Yeah. You and can run these guys. Yeah. It's, it's the most, it's, I mean, honestly, it's the most, most important department in, in the HVAC business. And it's the most 
under under trained and you know under overlooked um and you know those guys they they grind every day i don't know how many times i leave at night and there's still 10 to 15 cars in our parking lot and it you know i don't like seeing that like i don't want to see the guys out on 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 jobs that late um you know we've always said too like there's i know there's there's a company in our area that you know the guys will work till midnight to finish a job i don't want my guys out at a house at midnight you know that's not that's not what i want you know so you know when i see that that i i'll text my husband and be like you know there's too many cars in our parking lot right now what can we do yeah yeah i used to uh we used to before we moved into our new building we've had the the apprentices would, would park at this uh, parking lot we were renting that was kind of on the way out of our complex. Yeah. And I always told uh, told everybody, I could tell uh, what type of day it was by yeah. how many cars were yeah, left. Like, did we, did we finish all the <laughs> did work? Did we have a really good ended? day? <laughs> like, uh-oh, we got a problem. Like on a Friday night, I don't want to see that. I don't, yeah. I don't want, I don't want our guys to have to, you know, be out till seven, eight o'clock on a Friday night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a perfect segue to, to something you put down on this sheet that I wanted to dive into, because I think it's, uh, it's becoming increasingly important, um, especially as you know, we all battle uh, outside things, whether it's right now it's gas prices or labor or COVID or whatever it is. Um, and you put down something here, and, and I think what you just said speaks to kind of your understanding of leadership and, and, and who you have to be as a leader for the people that you're recruiting today. Tell us a little bit about maybe how your understanding of who you need to be for your people maybe differed from maybe your, say, your dad's philosophy. And let, I, I just want to let you know, I asked this question because I, I, I have a father that thinks the exact same way. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, um, well, I'll tell you a story. So we had an installer that worked for us um, for years, you know, was actually a son of one of our electricians that worked for us, um, came, became a lead in, or a senior installer. Um, thank you, gosh, she was with us probably eight, nine years. And um, he came to us about two years ago and was like, you know, I just had a little, a, a child. Um, I can't, I can't work Saturdays anymore. Like I'm, I'm done. I need to find a new place to work. And we said, you know, obviously we didn't want to lose him. We tried to keep him. He left about six months later, he came back and he said, you know, I, I want to come back and work for you guys, but I can only work every other Saturday. So that was the condition. I'm not someone who believes in having this condition for someone and this condition for someone else, it needs to be straight across the board. Um, but for this guy, we said, okay, come back every other Saturday you'll work. So he comes back, starts working every other Saturday, um, as an as senior installer and, you know, every, every work day, um, was just not happy. Just, you know, constantly saying, you know, this job's too big. You know, and he was a highly compensated installer. He, you know, he we valued him. He's an awesome guy, awesome installer. Just was not happy, constant complaining. And so he came to my dad and he came to us and he said, I, I have to go. I, I, you know, I'm not happy here. And we said, you know, you know, my dad's just like, well, what if I give you this this raise? What if I give you this, you know, this much raise? And he's like, no. So we left to work for a place that's 
an eight to four, um, no Saturdays. Um, and I think that is where our industry is going is, or we need to go as an industry is not necessarily, you know, we can't be killing these guys every day. They're not going to stay with us. Um, you know, we need to figure out a way that, you know, they can have a family life and a work life. Their money's not an issue as some people think, which my dad thinks it's about money. It's not about money. It's about that work-life balance. And, you know, as a new mom, you know, I used to be the person that would work 50, 60 hours a week. I had no problem working that. But right now my kids are one and two, and I don't want to miss out on those moments. I know they're very, it's a short window of time I have to, to be that, you know, with them. And I understand now I have a lot more empathy for people, which I never did before. I didn't understand it either. I, you know, I was like, I was always about the money. You know, I have a lot more empathy for people with, with young families, um, with families that want to be a part of their, their family's life and see their kids growing up. So I think, you know, now we've already changed to our installers already work every other Saturday. My dad agreed. So it wasn't, you know, so we changed our budget to not include Saturdays. So we, our daily minimum budget is now no Saturdays included. That's just extra money um, because, you know, we, we don't want people missing out on their family's lives. Um, I, and we would lose it. We're going to lose employees if we continue to, to work the way that we are. So, and I, our, I've had multiple people say to me in the last, like probably two to three years that they see a difference in our company, um, um, that they've, you know, been able to, there's a little more, uh, flexibility with our schedule. Um, with people. And I think that's where we need to go. Yeah, I, I, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I was actually having a conversation about this this morning. And, you know, I think as, as family run businesses, this is the great challenge, right? Because, you know, both you and I were raised in a family where if our, our, you know, dad always up, always working, get to work, do your work. It doesn't matter what day it is. Go, 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 yeah. go, 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 because that's how their generation was raised. Yeah. And, you know, I always look at myself as I'm a millennial. I think I'm on like the tail end of the, of it, but I've, I've never, I've never really prescribed to kind of the quote unquote millennial, millennial yeah. piece, but I think that's because of how I was raised. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm probably in the, that same one window. Yep. I'm more a Gen X or yeah, or, yeah Gen X than I am a, a millennial. Yeah. And so I think where we have to be conscious as, as leaders is we have to understand that those that we're recruiting are they have different priorities. Yeah. And just because we found a lot, we found our sense of identity and pride in work, 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 work. Um, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It just means that the generation that we need to be on our team thinks differently. Yeah. And it's about meeting people where they are. Just like that story you told about the installer, like it was about meeting him where he was, yeah. not so much like, well, I don't understand why you don't want to work every Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and still my dad brings it up. He's like, 
you know, he still brings up this, this story with this installer. And I'm like, dad, there's, we wouldn't have been able to keep him. He wasn't happy. You know, like you have to enjoy what you're doing, enjoy coming in every day. And if, if that's not the case, then, you know, you can't work here. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, there's, it's, it, there is that generation gap, especially between, you know, my dad and this new generation coming in. And I'm kind of, I have to be that bridge between the two. So. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, just think that's extremely important. We, we have to, a, a mentor of mine once said that everybody is perfect just how they are. Um, and we are called as leaders to find that perfection in them and then utilize it, create a place where they can be successful and yeah. help the company at the same time. And find a role that they yeah. can, you know. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think that, uh, you know, you, you talked a little bit about that in, in your sheet of, of really as this growth path um, for you guys continues is finding the right seat on the bus for people. And, yeah. you know, hey, we've got some, some talent here, but you know, what can they do or what are we going to need them to do? Tell me a little bit about what that, how that's been for you as far as, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's never easy. Uh, no, it's not. But, and we, uh, we, we had to make some major changes in the last year and it's not comfortable at all. Um, telling someone that like, you can't do that anymore. Um, but it was necessary. It was needed. There's strengths and weaknesses in everyone and not everyone necessarily is, is good with people or can relate to everyone. And, you know, we, we, yeah, we had to make some uncomfortable decisions this year. So. Yeah, it was absolutely. <laughs> well, and I, I think that that's an important piece of, of leadership and just understanding of growth is that, you know, not all of those, some of the leaders that you have in your organization now, um, either one won't scale as fast as the company yeah. does. Yeah. Or two, aren't willing, and I, I shouldn't say aren't willing, they're, that is not their vision of where they want to go. They don't yeah. want to be, they don't want to be managing 30 people with supervisors yeah. and this, that, and the other. They just don't, that's not where their passion is. And that's perfectly fine. But yeah. what happens is you've got to have that tough conversation of, hey, so-and-so, I have to bring in someone that can manage this whole thing. Yeah, I know that that's probably not what you want to do, but you just need to understand that, you know, you're, you're going to be reporting to them or whatever that looks like. But um, I think that's one of the growing pain. I mean, that's a growing pain. No one wants to have those tough conversations with people who have helped you get to a certain place. Yeah. But in order to serve the entire company as a whole, uh, it, it's imperative that we find the right person. Tell yeah. me a little bit about, you, you mentioned too, uh, and one thing I love talking about is kind of the difference between management and leadership. Tell me a little bit about that difference and, and what you've come sure. to learn about it. Uh, it's, been, it's been a hard lesson, um, but you know, there's, there's people that go to management or wanna be in management, I would say for control or power, not necessarily to lead people. And that's been one of our major discussions is, you know, when, when, when you're a leader of people, you know, when things go wrong, it, it's on you. There's, there's, it's really, you're, you're, you're the person, you're su the support person for these people. You're not there, you know, telling, telling them what to do. You're there to support them. And 
you know, there's, we've, we've, like I said, this year, it's really been, you know, going, do you want to be your manager or are you a leader of people? And we want leaders of people. And, you know, it's, it's, for these new managers coming up, it's a learning process. You know, we, and I think that's one area that we really need to invest in is, and we've, we've really been talking about this as investing in our management team to provide them the resources to become the leaders that they need to become. And, you know, we're growing, we're trying to grow people within our organization without bringing in outside, but, you know, there's holes we need to fill but that's one area that we, like my husband and I have really been focusing on is, is becoming a leader. And, you know, for some people being a leader is not, it's not a natural progression. Um, they do need coaching and um, that's where, where we need to step in and, 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 and grow them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that especially, you know, as you talk about, you know, growing and, and you're getting, you know, into that space to where you need kind of that management level of mm -hmm. people. But, you know, often our first inclination is to bring someone, you know, our top person out of the field yeah. and like, well, you need to be the manager. And, and really they, they sometimes, sometimes they have the skills, yeah. uh, but oftentimes uh, having, you know, often worked by themselves most of the time, that leadership muscle is something that they need to really work on because, yeah. In, a, in all actuality, leadership is about, as you said, taking all the responsibility while having none of the control. Yeah. And yeah. if uh, in the, the, the second part of that is the hard part for a lot of people coming out of the field to grasp onto because they've always had all of the control. Yeah. They're the best heating technician. They're the best installer. They're the best yeah. plumber. They're the best whatever. But can you relinquish that control and put your focus on developing those on your team that aren't the best. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that is the, that's the key. And that's, as you said, where it comes to developing those leaders, providing resources for them um, to really, uh, as I always say, you know, how do you, how do you fill your leadership tool bag? You got all the tools you need to fix an air conditioner. Like you yeah. are, you know, the cat's pajamas when it comes to really diagnosing that thing. Um, but, you know, what, that doesn't make you a great leader. We yeah. need to figure out how. Are to, you how jumping to... in and fixing it when the other guy doesn't do it? Yeah. Or, you know, are you teaching them how to, how to do it and walking through? Yeah, you got it. You got it. That's awesome. Um, what, uh, what, what, tell me about, uh, so I'm always interested to, uh, to learn about the, uh, and I know your, your husband's relatively new in yeah. this role. Uh, how, how is that, how's that dynamic worked out for you guys? So we're actually, in terms of, we use culture index in our, in our yep. business to, um, you know, put people in, not necessarily in certain roles, but, you know, see their strengths and what role they would play. And we are exact opposites in terms of that. So for us, it's like perfect. Like we work very well together. I know there's people that probably it wouldn't be okay, but um, yeah, we're, we're exact opposites on that where he's very, um, I'm very patient. He's very impatient. Uh, he's very detail oriented. I'm more not detail. I'm more um, like out of the box thinking. Mm -hmm. um, he's 
So we, we, we complement each other well in terms of our, our skills and it's, it's worked out very, very well at this point. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, I think, uh, you know, that, that's a great point as we talked earlier about kind of visionary integrator. Um, and then also finding those people who, you know, for lack of a better term, are kind of your right hand when leading an organization yeah. or whatever it is. But, you know, oftentimes we have the urge to find somebody who's a lot like us, like, Ooh, I yeah. like that person. Cause they, they see it the way I do where yeah. in all actuality that that perfect mesh is, how do you compliment? I need somebody who can do the things I can't do well because yeah. I'm not going to do those things well because yeah. that's just not how I operate. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's that's super interesting, and you know that's one of the things I tell. Um, we recently just uh, I, our CFO uh, we needed to hire a new controller, and I I made her read Rocket Fuel, and I said, here's the deal as the the cfo you're the visionary of the accounting department yeah. you're you're that yeah, so hard. yeah you need that you need that other piece of the puzzle that's going to help you out that's going to help offset um, all of those things that you either shouldn't be focusing on or right. are maybe weaker in that area um yeah. and so she mentioned that 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 helped her kind of view that um in I'll that light that so yeah, yeah, for sure. But there's, you know, there's areas in, in all our businesses um, that, that definitely. So he went from the education space. So he was a high school athletic director for 12 years. <laughs> and it was just, it was just time. He was just ready. He was burnt out. You know, that, that particular role is very time consuming. Yeah. And especially having young children you know, it was just not feasible. And I've been trying to like say, it's time, like, why don't you come, he'd come and work for us in the summers and stuff. And, and uh, he finally made the jump and he, I, I, I think he's, he's enjoying it. So it's, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good for him. All right. Tell me a little bit. Uh, we've got some, uh, we've got some favorite books in common here and I'm sure that there's more uh, than, than the ones you gave me that, uh, that we both like uh, that I, or that I have on, on my shelf over here. <laughs> what, uh, tell me a little bit about what you kind of like to read, kind of what you're doing, how that helps your kind of mindset as it relates to being a, a good leader for your company. Sure. I, I try, my goal is to read one, um, you know, self-improvement book a month. And, you know, I, I love Atomic Habits. Um, I love Good to Great. Um, I loved uh, David Goggins. What is that called? <laughs> oh, you can't um, hurt me. Can't, can't hurt me. me. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I, 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 I listen to a podcast. Usually when I run in the morning, I'll listen to a podcast just depending on the morning and just usually industry related. Um, but, you know, now with young kids, it's getting harder and harder. So I just, I have to make that time. I usually actually now in my lunch, try to break out time just to read, but you know, I, I've always been a reader and yeah. my mom always says <laughs> leaders are readers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I really, I put that time away so I can, I can uh, do, you know, self-improvement and uh, invest in myself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that the, you know, regardless of what you read, I, I've been really on this kick here lately of like, my reading is not so much for, like, I'm not reading for like a new idea. Um, yeah. Like I get a lot of my, my new ideas from like talking to others and stuff yeah. like that, but it's more so, 
Yeah, accountability and just kind of creating an environment to where like I feel supported as being a leader. Like yeah. to read Atomic Habits, like, okay, I can do this. I yeah. have this. And I think the important thing for, for listeners uh, to, to realize is, you know, even when you're in a management or a leadership role or whatever it is, like there's always time to be improving or that you need, it's okay to say like, Hey, I'm not in a great mood or I'm not in a great headspace. Well, like there's resources out there to utilize, to get yeah. you there. Or take a, get away, take a yes. break, you know, get out of the office for a second and, you know, you know, go have lunch and read or get away and just take a mental break. Yeah. Um, I think, Every morning I, I go for uh, a three mile run and it's just my time to like focus on me, focus on the day, what's going on, you know, what do I need to prepare for? And I think that's so important, you know, one, to move our bodies and two, to have some time just to reflect. You got it. Yeah. I mean, people ask me all the time, like, oh, I'm just not a, I'm just not a morning person. I'm like, well, who is? Like Take yourself. You know, yeah, <laughs> I, I am I, a morning person. Like I am generally like. I get up, I, I, I'm, I'm a go, 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 but, um, it, it's, I've now been doing this for so long. It's just, it's, it's just a habit. Like I have yep. to do it. And actually this morning I couldn't cause my husband, my baby woke up at like four 30. So it's like, didn't get my run awesome. in, I feel off, but you know, it's been before, like I used to, I, I couldn't focus, like I need that for my, my day. Now I've kind of moved on. Like I'm not so fixated. Like I would, that would wreck my day if I didn't start the way I wanted to, but you know, with kids it's every day is different, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very habit focused. I eat the same things. I, you know, have my morning run, you know, it's, it's, I think it's so important to have some kind of consistency in life and have those habits that you do on a daily basis to make you feel better. And, you know, to be the best version of ourselves, you know, you need to do the things you need to take time for yourself and focus on yourself and grow yourself. And, you know, it's, 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 yes, it's time. Yes. You might have to wake up a half hour, 45 minutes early, but it's necessary and you will feel so much better. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. I mean, I think that a lot of leadership is is preparation. It's taking it the t taking the time to make sure that you're in the right frame of mind. Because when it comes to what we talked about earlier of you having to take all the responsibility, we're not wired to do that. So you have to get into a place where you feel like, yes, I am at my, I'm in my best self right now. And I am willing to take responsibility for maybe something that someone did that wasn't great. And could I have directly affected it? Maybe not, but I am in charge of that person. And I have the yeah. responsibility. I have to it. I, it's on me. <laughs> yep, I got I to make it better. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I, whatever it is that you do. Yeah. I'm, I'm a huge believer in the morning routine, um, and making sure I would, yeah, I agreed with you kids. My, uh, my son woke up at four 30 this morning, <laughs> usually pacifier and he'll lay back down until it's time yeah, to get up. Not usually, this morning. They're great sleepers. And they, yeah. today just wasn't, I was like, <laughs> yeah, not, not this morning. I was, yeah. uh, um, and I feel kind of bad going on vacation tomorrow. I'm going to hand them off to my parents. Mm -hmm. and, uh, I'll be fine. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they raised two kids. They'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, they'll be great. Yeah. 
So, well, that's, that's fantastic. And again, Dana, I appreciate you sharing all of this uh, extremely useful insight mm -hmm. that I think could be very, very valuable for, for those people that are growing a company, whether it's growing your people, whether it's, you know, working to make sure that everybody's in the right seat on the bus or just, yeah. you know, from a mindset right. perspective. Um, which is which is key. So uh, as we kind of wrap up here, what what's one thing, you know, as it relates to leadership and kind of maybe your leadership journey that that you've learned that you especially want to share with uh, with those uh, listening out there? Um, I mean, one of the things most recently is, you know, this is more personal than it is, you know, you know, work related, um, you know, it's just don't put things on the back burner. Just, you know, I always live my life with timelines of like, I'm going to do this at this age. I'm going to do this at this age. And, you know, you can't, you can't live your life like that. And I think that's you know, one of the things I've learned in the last, you know, five years is things don't go always go the way you planned it. And that, you know, just to, to, to live your life with, you know, and not second guess things and not, you know, put a timeline on things. And I've always been, I'm, I'm typically more of a planner type person and, and which is great, but you know, there's things that, you know, you can't control that go beyond your control and that, you know, that's, that's just my, I've always been telling like the people that I work with regularly, just, just, just go with it. Be, be more flexible, go, go live your life. Things, things will be okay. And I think that's, you know, it's been a, a life lesson for me. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that that is, is great advice. And, you know, obviously, yeah, may, maybe relates more, more personally than, huh? than business, but I, I think too, in business, you know, and, and uh, as it relates to leadership, like you, you can't be a, a lead, you can't be a great leader if you're always stuck in your ways. Yes, uh, yeah. This is how it has to be, or, hey, we've always done it this way, or, yeah. hey, my routine says that I need to do this. Like having that flexibility, I always, one trick that I always have, especially as it relates to kids, like this morning. So this morning I was, you know, reading my book and getting in my mindset and everything. And all of a sudden the monitor, it's 430. You're not supposed to be up right now. But, you know, <laughs> you're like at, hoping they just go all back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, come on, man, just go to sleep. Turn it down. It's looking at it from a perspective and this isn't natural. Naturally, I, you know, my first reaction was, crap, you know, I'm like right in the middle of this. I'm trying to get ready, like, come on. Yeah. But, you know, you go make the bottle, you go up there and then looking at it from a perspective of, yeah, this wasn't what I had planned, but I also get to sit with my son for 15 minutes and yeah. give him a bottle and hang out yeah. with him. And like, hey, there's good in that as well. And guess what? My day, just because I didn't get to finish that chapter or whatever it is, like, it's going to be okay. So I, I think that that's fantastic advice. I definitely relate to that. I think uh, kids uh, can definitely bring out uh, that uh, in us uh, for sure, because uh, you never know what they're going to do. Um, yeah. They're they're all over the place. But no, uh, again, I, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know you're busy um, to be on here uh, with us and, and share your story and uh, and how you're 
leadership journey has affected and continues to affect uh, those on your team. So definitely wish you the best of luck. If you ever need anything, as always, feel free to reach out. Listeners out there, again, feel free to leave us a review. Uh, Jared and I are on our review quest uh, this season uh, to get 250 reviews. Uh, We're moving towards there. Uh, Jared's on vacation this week, so I wish him and his wife uh, the best of time. But yeah, leave us a review if you get a chance. Uh, Take a listen to this episode. You won't be disappointed. And until next time, we'll see you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you would rate the show or share it with someone who might enjoy it. As the name suggests, we are always looking to grow, so let me know in the comments what you thought and if there is anything you would like to hear on future episodes. Come back again soon, and always keep growing out there.